Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Nobodies, this is Adam Felber welcoming you to a very special Nobody Listens to Ball of Boundstone. It's one of those vacation shows we do from time to time. I wish I could report to you that we are enjoying a relaxing trip to Moldova, the former Soviet satellite state in which we have a growing fan base, but we're still here in Los Angeles. We're just vacaying here in town, which means we bring you a special treat, our review of a movie original so that you don't have to see the sequel, or something like that. This week, we're reviewing the Smurfs to help you decide whether you want to see Men in Black International. Thank you, house band Sean Hughes. I'm Adam Felber. I supervise this show's extraterrestrial life forms and hide their existence from ordinary humanity. And now, please welcome the woman who lives in a mushroom-shaped house in the forest, Paula Poundstone! Thank you so much. Thank you, Adam. Yes. You'll see I'm wearing my soft conical Smurf cap. Yes, the Phrygian cap. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, it signifies freedom and the pursuit of liberty, I believe, or came to. Perhaps my choice of headwear is why we have a growing fan base in Moldova. Not completely sure about that. Even though Moldova is a parliamentary republic with a love of freedom, the truth is Ray Horseman traces his lineage to Moldova, that picturesque but landlocked country in Eastern Europe. Yes, and our popularity has been growing there. Yes. I know this about Moldova. If you stand in front of the Shakies in St. Louis and go left, yes, it's a straight 4,500 miles to Moldova. Is that so? Yeah. That's an interesting uh, set of directions. LKF. It's a little known fact. Okay. I had time to do both, the abbreviation and and the the And then they say that because we're on vacation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're kicking back right now. We're not even here. No, we're not even here, which is why we have have time to expound upon the Moldovan lifestyle of which we know so much. Like, for instance, did you know the most common food allergy in Moldova is clams? I didn't know that. Oh, yes. Oh. If you want to eat well, clams, Paula, you do that before you go to Moldova. Well, you know what I'm doing right now is yes. I am pumping up a balloon to make a clam uh, animal sculpture. A, a You're going to do a balloon animal I'm of a gonna clam. I'm going to do a balloon animal of a clam. And this should tell if you have any Moldovan blood because you are going to sneeze your head off. Well, maybe. I, I would say, one, uh, I don't think allergies are are, um, are transferable by shape. And two, I don't think you're going to make a shape of anything that even resembles a clown. What, are you kidding me? Well, you know, here's here's an indication to our listeners of your lack of skill at balloon animals. Mm-hmm. You just called them balloon sculptures. Yeah. Yeah? They are. They're balloon sculptures. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of abstract. Um, uh, what, while you- This is not abstract. This is a clam. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. You must be part Moldovan. I didn't even realize I had Moldovan blood in me. Yeah, I arguably made up that allergy, too. Here's something true. The capital city of Moldova is uh, Chisinau. Yeah. With an umlaut over the A. Yeah. What did you say? Chisinau. Yeah. No, the other thing? Umlaut. You didn't say that. Did I say umlaut? How do you say it? Was it umlaut? Yeah, it's umlaut. Oh, that sounds vaguely sexual. I don't like it. Vaguely sexual? Yeah, umlaut. What sexual thing is It sounds like umlaut? something someone shouts at, at, at peak whatever. You just don't have any sex, do you? Umlaut. It's, no, nobody <laughs> shouts umlaut. I don't even think Germans shout umlaut. Umlaut. Oh, yeah, it's gross. It doesn't sound anything. Yeah. It doesn't sound remotely sexual. Umlaut is when Uma Thurman shouts. <laughs> Uma Thurman shouts the she beginning does, part says, of her name and says, then loud. Um, loud. Yeah. When she when she climaxes. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I was you know going to say climax, but I'm not comfortable with that word. Well, you're not ah, comfortable. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. It's uncanny. It's clam. It's got a clam. Wait a minute. Did Anthony... Did Anthony bring... An animal oh with him tonight? Oh, my God. Yes, Look at he the did. size of that fucking thing. I, what is it? It's a silverback gorilla. It's a silverback gorilla. That, Anthony, that does not belong in this tiny, teeny studio. To recap, our, our sound engineer, Anthony a, Alfaro has taken to bringing his vast and inexplicable collection of zoo animals to our studio. I don't know if they're his or he just has access to them. How does anyone have access to a silverback gorilla? Which, I have by no the way, fucking idea. I believe the silverback is the leader of any given family of gorillas and therefore is very territorial and aggressive. So. Well, exactly. Which is, this is another reason why it's not the place. And if that thing turns out to be Moldovan, the sneeze that comes from that gorilla... Could it's blow just us none, out of here. none of this is a good idea. None of this, which which could be an alternate title to Hold our on podcast. A second. By the I, way, I, I got this. I got this. So that's a clam. Yeah, that's a clam. In what sense is that a clam? This. <laughs> no, 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 no! You're waggling that in my face, uh, Paula. That's um, a clam. That's a goddamn clam. Oh Jesus! No, it looks like it looks yeah. like some sort of horrifying aroused pretzel or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a clam, that's you know, for sure. You don't have to sexualize everything. You, you know, sexualized <laughs> umlaut! <laughs> the national dish of uh, Moldova is uh, porridge. Yeah. It's called uh, mama... Mamalia. Mamaliga. Mamaliga. Now that sounds yeah. sexual. Yeah, you can you can really imagine little Moldovan children, uh, you know, coming in the house More after ma- school. More mamaliga, <laughs> mommy. Mama, are we having the mama... Liga Mama, Mama Liga, yeah. yeah. It's made of yellow maize flour and commonly garnished with cottage cheese or pork rind. Oh, yeah, because those are so interchangeable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, cottage cheese, pork rind. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. maybe yeah. both. They're so similar. Well, you know what happens probably is you put the pork rind in it and it's totally different. You can have the leftovers oh. the following night with the cottage cheese. That's how you make the food budget last. Yeah. Now... <laughs> <laughs> Well, they can't have clams. Let's face it, they can't have clams. I love your insight into Moldovan home economics. Yeah, I know a lot about Moldova. Yeah, clearly. And if, if you are listening from Moldova, by the way, I do, I, I, I understand that we might have some of our factoids wrong and many of them right, but um, We are like a rocket. We are we are number 86 with a rocket yeah. in uh, Moldova. Please, please write in and let us know if you're the person who's downloading us in Moldova. Let us know how we got on the comedy charts in Moldova. We'd love to know your experience of our show. Yeah, we're going to do a live broadcast from Moldova one day. You mark my words, Paula, we Just won't. you wait. Okay, now, Paula, we're recording this vacation show so that we can have a week off. Traditionally, that means we watch the first installment in a franchise to tell you if you should watch the uh, sequel. Like recently, we watched, uh, looking back, we watched Rocky to let you know whether you should see Creed 2. Right, exactly. We watched Pacific Rim to let you know if you should see Pacific Rim 2. Right. Those kind of things. Yeah, and we watched Scarface to let you know if you should watch the remake of Dumbo. Um, right, because because we were... uh, it was uh, Dumbo had the um, what would you call it a physical uh, challenge? Yeah, of physical big difference. Ears, yeah. and of course Scarface had the big goddamn scar, a scar in his face. Yeah, so yeah. you know, um, which was that strikes me as a tenuous connection. But I went with it. Yeah. I'm going to say that we've gone even a little more tenuous, and you're going to have to explain it to me again, because when you came over to my house last night, here's what, here, tonight we're reviewing the Smurfs, which seems to be a film completely unrelated to Men in Black International. That's not true. Well, can you explain to um, yeah. our listeners okay. your logic? Men in Black is Men in Black. Yes. And Smurfs are Men in Blue. Yeah, it's, it's still... It's, so it, people could know... Uh, so we watched this Smurf. You know what? Hold on just a second. The, what are you doing there? Okay. Now, you appear to have like a... Okay, now, Paula Poundstone, we're going to take a picture of this, is strapping on some kind of inflatable device. And before you get aroused by that, it's a um, <laughs> it's a pool toy for an infant or something? Uh, it's Shaped a... Shaped like a zebra in a ring shape? It's an inner tube with a, with a zebra on it. I forgot. It's our vacation show. Oh, I see. <laughs> Well, that is, that is, uh... So I'm kicking yeah. back in my inner tube, people. So you've got an inflatable flotation zebra. Yes, exactly. Around you, which, which yeah. seems to, to be that... enraging the silverback gorilla. So oh, maybe you should have thought through this. By the way, male gorillas do not like male uh, people. So yeah, no. you, you're, so I don't know how the hell Anthony got it over here. I don't know how I'm going to get through this show. Well, then again, I say that to myself every week. 
Um, okay, so so we're gonna be watching. We watch Smurfs. So there's that, a lot to, of connections between Smurfs well, and uh, the Smurf movie. And by the way, we we really racked our brains to decide if we should watch the first, the second, or the third Smurf movie. Right. I propose that we watch all three for the listener. Right. You know. As and a, I said. Get out of my fucking house. <laughs> it was something like that. I, yeah. I, yeah, it was something. something along you those said lines. it, but there was an umlaut over the F. Yeah, um, house. I said um, house, H-A-U-S with A with an umlaut. So, you know, they, they, both, uh, they both involve mischievous alien creatures. Although the Smurfs are not really aliens. No, they're not. You're right. They're not aliens. Although they do they come were, into our world through a, a dimensional portal. A spoiler portal. alert. Exactly. Um, in, yeah. uh, in this there, was a, uh, there was a Smurf named Jokey. And was uh, there? if there was one Smurf that I relate to, <laughs> it is Jokey. Jokey Smurf. So, yeah. All right. So before we begin our spurious review of the Smurfs, um, which I know you're already regretting, Paula. I saw your face while we were watching the uh, movie last night, and it was um, it was uh, from our Facebook facial uh, expression recognition thing that we're doing now. Yeah. It was definitely a number two. It was a de- it was a number it, two it was a where bar. I was trying to, I was pretending that I didn't understand it. Except that you didn't understand it. No, I understood the Smurf movie. All right. Well, I want to give a shout out to um, our audio engineer, Anthony. Anthony um, is uh, terrified of insects. Yeah, he told us he was afraid of insects. Yeah, and yet he yet he can he bring had a no gorilla. No trouble at all bringing a silverback gorilla. Yeah, uh, unless it has fleas, in which case he is out of here. He's gonna leave like a, a cartoon. A silhouette through of the Anthony wall. Anthony Alfaro in yeah. the wall. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Heading but, out. But, but Silverback Gorilla, apparently fine. Yeah. Well, we're going to be right back with that movie review right after this. Back we are. You know, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is brought to you in part by Arm & Hammer Cloud Control Cat Litter. You know, Adam, you know what I love? What's that, Paula? I love my cats. I know that. I, I you know, everybody who listens to this show at all knows that. All the nobodies you know. You can't help yourself but love cats when you got 13 of them. Every time, uh, well, I'll be standing in the kitchen or kneeling down doing something, and then I feel this, like, funny thing on my foot. And it's my cat, Belle. She sharpens her claws on my shoes. On your we shoes? Call, we call, we'll say, like, if she does it to somebody else, we say, Belle's doing your shoe. And in our house, we Ooh. feel it's a blessing. Wow. Yeah, she'll do it. Like, if you're leaning down, she'll do the, the sole of your shoe, like the sole of my sneaker. And sometimes she just comes over to my penny loafers. That's like loafers. a colorful custom from a culture made of one person. No, it's very popular. Yeah. It's very popular throughout my home. And yes, I do live alone. Okay, yeah. Uh, That's except for essentially those, my point. Except for those 13 cats and yeah, two okay. dogs. Well, so, so, so you and all your you around your house have this tradition of saying, Belle's doing your shoe. Doing my shoe. Right. Belle's doing my shoe. It's a blessing. Yeah, it's a blessing. It's a, it's it's a mitzvah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's harder to love cleaning up after Belle, oh. cleaning up her litter box. That's yeah. not as much fun, which is why Arm & Hammer created new cloud control litter. Cloud control. Yeah. So there's no more cloud of nasties there. Oh, that fog of, of cat litter. Yeah. This is 100% dust-free. I hear it's free of heavy perfumes as well. It's free of heavy perfumes. And I also hear it helps reduce airborne dander from scooping. Yeah. And boy, there's almost nothing worse than airborne dander from scooping. Oh, I remember. I sometimes uh, used to wear a mask when I scooped. Really? Um, Yeah. It was a um, a clown mask. Right. Which really wouldn't help you with any airborne particles. No, it didn't. I still coughed. Yeah, I would uh, think. Yeah, because it's just got holes lot. in it. Yeah. Like a surgical yeah. mask would but be I the thing to wear so there. But I so happy. Oh, I see. And my cats would come over. At least they wouldn't think that you resented scooping out their litter boxes. No, they didn't. It looked like yeah. I was really I like the enjoying clown it. loves scooping our poop. All right. So I guess what all this boils down to is that with Arm & Hammer new cloud control litter, what happens in the litter box stays in the litter box. Precisely. That's your point. Yeah, that's my point. New cloud control cat litter by Arm & Hammer. More power to you. Thank you, house band Sean Hughes. Now, Paula, the time has come. The Smurfs. Now, the story of the movie, very simple. You got a bunch of little blue people living in a village, right? Yeah. Papa Smurf and all these other little Smurfs. We'll get to their identities later. Gargamel, the evil wizard, and his cat discover the location of Smurf Village, chase everybody out, and then somehow they fall through a vortex into modern-day New York City. Yeah, that can happen. That can happen. And so Gargamel's trying to, I don't know, eat them or something, or use them for his evil magic. 
And the Smurfs are trying to get back to Smurf Village. And they end up uh, interacting with Neil Patrick Harris, who's a young New York guy with a wife who's pregnant. And, you know, he helps them get back to their village and they help him learn a little bit about himself and about his upcoming parenthood. That's the whole plot of the Smurfs. Your thought. I loved it. You didn't. I did. You're lying. No, I'm not. It was next to you. I didn't think it was original. Uh-huh. I mean, I was watching it, and I, I, I saw Houston, I saw Truffaut, I saw Bergman, I saw Mamet, I saw Fellini. Uh, so I didn't, I, I didn't think it was original. Um, okay. But I, I thought, uh, in fact, some of it even, uh, the conceit was that uh, Smurfette, yes. who is the only female. I want to explore that for a minute. Yeah. yeah she's the only female Smurf. Yes. And, because the Smurfs are all male, but the antagonist. Uh, uh, what was the guy's the, the Gargamel? Gargamel had yes, created played, played, played by uh, somebody, somebody really good actually. Had, I thought were Gargamel good. was great. I, the, the, Hank Azaria. Yeah, yeah, Hank Azaria. Um, the, the 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 antagonist had created Smurfette in order to tempt and torment uh, the other. Uh, the, the Smurfs, the, who apparently the, were all male up until the moment that Gargamel created Smurfette. Right, exactly, and yeah. so it was even um, Pentateuchian. Uh, a Pentateuchian, was, that's a vocabulary word from an Pentateuch, yeah, yes, the, the, the uh, one Bible. of the first five books of the Bible. You know, because Smurf, Smurfette was created by the antagonist to tempt the Smurfs, which is very much like, um, you know, the, the, creation the myth devil and, 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 and the snake and all. Yeah. Well, yeah. not really, but yeah, I mean, no, I'm, get, I'm getting what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to go one further because I also see parallels between the creation of Smurfette and the creation of Eve from yeah. the Pentateuch. Yeah. The five books of Moses, the Old Testament, as it's called. Yes. Um, but I would say that the Genesis, Smurf, the Smurf numbers. from Genesis, no, no, not numbers. It's Levi- from Genesis. No, Genesis. I'm saying then what the five books. Well, thank you, Rain Man. Books. But we're talking about Genesis right now. <laughs> did you just call me Rain Man? <laughs> I did. I have to name the five books. Of, is it time for Wapner? <laughs> no. Well, so I'm going to say that it's similar to the Genesis myth, but it managed to do what I would think was impossible, which was be even more sexist. It's amazing. It's not just that. Woman was created out of man's rib to be there with man. It was a woman was created by an evil being to do nothing but tempt Smurf kind. Yeah. And it was only the the innate goodness of the, the Smurf patriarch, Papa Smurf is his name, yeah. he really, that, that, that he turned really her around and helped her. her be less evil. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. really, he took her under his wing, so and, to speak. And as we learned during the movie, all those other Smurfs, all of them are kind of attracted to Smurfette. Yeah, you know what was a weird scene? Uh, <laughs> All was, of them. Uh, at one point, they run into a toy store, F.E.O. Schwartz, and sure. one of the Smurfs uh, ends up landing in in the in the lap of a M&M statuette. Yes, and begins talking to the statuette about how he doesn't enjoy dating. Uh, but the yeah. truth is, they don't. The Smurfs don't date. I would hope not, because There's as we stipulated, female. I either hope that they're all mostly gay Smurfs, which they don't seem to be by no, all evidence. No, there was no evidence. Of- so then, then, then they're all just kind of competing for one evil magician manufactured Smurfette. Yeah. And by the way, all the other Smurfs are named for their personality traits. There's like grumpy Smurf and happy and sneezy and dopey or whatever they are, yeah, yeah. right? And uh-huh. Smurfette is named for her gender. Yeah, Smurfette. Smurfette. Right. Yeah. That's kind of. Yeah. And I don't think there's any amount of winking, clever references and dialogue to that that fact of the of the of the Smurf setup that make it okay. No, I say this as I'm talking about this scene that I didn't understand. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit confused by it, but I'm not angry about it. And yet, with you, I sense a tinge of of anger about the Smurf movie. And last uh, night you kept saying to me, you kept saying, you know, we could stop this now. We could just watch, we could just watch the first Men in Black. It makes a lot of sense. I sincerely thought that would have been a better choice, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. You kept For trying, lots of reasons. You kept trying to ease me. And I said, well, we could watch, uh, I, I'm happy to watch all three uh, Smurf movies. A, a, and and what I think has happened is, you yeah. see, we're a different age. You're a little bit younger than me. So yeah. I didn't grow up with the Smurfs, whereas you... Oh, grew I see up where with we're the going. Smurfs. And yeah. now, as you're going through that phase of your life where you're turning your back 
on who you used to be. Do you think I'm 19? Because I'm going to let you know I'm a little older than that. Yeah, but I can tell, though. I can tell that you, you used to beg your parents to let you watch the Smurfs. Oh, you see, now really, this, is, this is where you're going. You were this. really into the Smurfs. No, the, Paula, the truth is, is that I was never into the Smurfs. Um, What happened See what was, I'm saying, though? You were into the Smurfs, and now what you're doing is sort of pushing that away. No, no, no. I'm not in denial. I'm denying because it's not true. <laughs> I think one of the things that happened for you last night, um, because because you saw the Smurfs when you were young. See, last night was the first time I'd ever think, it seen anything Smurf. Um, right. So for me, it was just, it was a delightful... Um, Introduction to a whimsical fantasy world? I enjoyed it so much. Okay. And yet for you, it was, uh, uh, it brought back, because- It um, didn't bring back, it brought, uh, it did bring something back. You're clumsy right. Smurf, was that the name of the clumsy one? Smurfy. Clumsy Smurf. Who was, who was weirdly enough, somewhat clumsy. Clumsy Smurf was clumsy. Yeah, and he was Papa the, Smurf, errant in many of his physical actions. Papa Smurf told him that he couldn't, in the beginning of the movie, yeah. Papa Smurf had a vision that showed uh, uh, Clumsy somehow being part of their demise. Getting all the Smurfs killed. With um, with the evil, with the antagonist. Or Gargamel, played and, by Hank Azaria. Um, so, uh, so Clumsy Smurf disobeyed his yeah. father, uh-huh. right? So it was a story of a youthful rebellion. Wasn't and what his I think, father, though, because well, there's no mother, so... It was I, Papa Smurf. Yeah. So I think for you what happened okay. is that, again, because you watched it during your formative years... Watched what during my formative the years? The Smurfs. You loved the well, Smurfs. Well, this movie was not around during my formative years. I know, but you watched the television show during your formative So when you saw oh that youthful rebellion, uh-huh. you know, it kind of ticked off that young anger in you, it it it, yeah. it, it uh, sprang it. It triggered it. That's the well, way you know, it triggered it. I'm not going to just deny this. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to turn this into something constructive for our listeners. Yeah, which is I'm going to give my personal history of the Smurfs and then explain the entire history of the. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about, and I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream, and let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There, there's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds, yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i I think my eyes closed they're so co- it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're <laughs> European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kind of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quince sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? 
They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing. They cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Adam, you know I have a house full of cats and a couple of big dogs. So I have this one cat who every night likes to stand in the hallway and yowl. And he has kind of a, a little bit like me because uh, of allergies. I don't know why he has it. But his name is Theo and he has a really grovelly voice. So he'll, it's, it's hard to describe it. I can't do a good impression. Um, but it's a little dusty, gravelly voice. Okay, so earlier I was laying on the living room floor because I'm exhausted and I'm wearing a nylon fiber filled vest. As I'm laying on the floor, Theo shoves his head through one sleeve of the vest 
and crawls up and is now stuck inside in between my back and the vest and is yowling <laughs> because he can't get out. And then finally his head comes out the other sleeve and he goes out. What's not to love? That's what I say. <laughs> what is not to love? Which brings me to this. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family. You know that already. And you want the best for them no matter what. But vet bills can really add up. Go ahead, ask me. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. That's a lot of pets. Sure they allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash Paula. That's ASPCA. We spell that A-S-P-C-A. PetInsurance.com slash Paula. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Smurfs. No, let me start all the way back. Okay, let me just say one thing. Yes. At one point, so we're sitting, and Adam got up a couple times during the film. At one point, he came back, and he had a blue marker, and he had colored his whole head blue. Now, that's <laughs> just completely not true. It's totally true. No, I and might it, have it been was... taking notes and got some ink on my head no, accidentally. you had colored your head blue. And I just was like, boy, this guy is going through something right now. That was, and I was not going through anything. You were. It was a, you, were, you were feeling, you were triggered. Well, you know, I, I want to be, be completely honest with you, is that the Smurfs that always made me, oh, come on. <laughs> the Smurfs always made me mad. mad. See, I knew it. I knew it. And, you but loved a, watching no, the Smurfs. No, it's not that so. I loved watching you, They made me mad for a completely different reason. Which was what? Well, I'm going to get to that. I'm gonna, yeah. But I want to tell our listeners. But we have to go through your whole life story no, to get to that? No, we have to go through the Smurfs' whole life story. <laughs> God damn you. <laughs> Which is that the Smurfs, and I just so found this out. So much anger. Um, the Smurfs started in Belgium. Yeah, and it, that's why you're angry? No. Who gets I'll angry get, at the we'll Belgians? We'll get to my anger in They're a minute. They're perfectly nice. I'm trying to educate you as watch to this, where this Smurf this. thing now came really from. Watch this, I'm really going to piss you off. Hercule Poirot. <laughs> There's oh nothing God, about Hercule Poirot. Oh my God, he's steaming right now. He's steaming. No. Little bits of blue marker are running down the oh. sides of his head. Okay. Uh, in Belgium, in the late 50s, an artist named Peo. Yeah. In Belgium, created, created a comic strip or comic book, I guess, because yeah. comic books are are super respected in France and Belgium and stuff. Well, well I'm surprised you haven't gone to France and Belgium uh, because you're uh, a comic book uh, thing. I, you know, I, you love comic books. Again with this. But um, in any case, it became super popular. Yes. and Very popular. All over Europe, but not here in America. Here in America, and here's where I'm going to enter the story, in the late 1970s, all of a sudden, these little Smurf figurines started appearing in stores and cheap knickknack stores. Everywhere. There they were. There they were. Yeah. I didn't know what they were. No. Gargamel had placed them there. I guess. They'd um, come through the portal. But That's they, what happened, Adam, is they came through the portal. Probably. And, but it led to, uh, it was popular. I yeah. had a younger sister. I still do. She's four years younger than me. Uh -huh. She took an interest in these Smurfs. Yeah. And so when the Saturday morning cartoon show, which had a plot about as sophisticated as this movie, yeah. came out, I would. that was one of the shows that we had to watch on Saturday mornings because my sister loved the Smurfs. Yeah, but I got to tell you, I've talked to Susie Felber. She's outgrown it and been able to leave it behind. Yes, she has. You, on the other hand, I, I, it's a trigger. I, I, for you, it's a trigger. It's not a trigger. It is. It's a trigger. Bad movies it's, are a little bit of a trigger for me. It wasn't a. It was not a bad movie. It was a really? thoroughly enjoyable movie. You you really enjoyed it. I did. It was funny. Okay, there were funny parts. Yeah. I thought the only part I didn't like was when they would hug them. Yeah, because it was so clear that they you know because they had done it in what is that? 
It was CG. There's computer-generated Smurfs and, right. and live-action so people. When they would hug, they had to do like this fake hug so that they could then later animate in. Yeah. That they, and it was just a very unrealistic hug. Yeah. I um, want to point out that you had many more. Which is one of the more. only reasons I would not recommend Men in Black International. Okay. Is because of the hugging in the Smurf movie. Well, the, we don't know the that unrealistic hugging. We don't know that the self-same kind of technical gaffes will be in this big-budget Men in Black movie. They're awfully closely related. They're really not. But um, one of the things that that we noted last night is mm-hmm. that the, the all-star cast. It Katie, wasn't Katy Perry played Smurfette. This is yeah. a 2011 movie. Something to keep in mind, right there. Jonathan Winters, um, the now the late lamented Jonathan Winters played Papa Smurf, and it might have been the last thing he ever. We did. were wondering if maybe uh, this was not a good argument for um, universal health care, because apparently towards the end of Jonathan Winters' life, and that's when we spend most of our money on health care, is the end of our lives. And apparently yeah. towards the end, he must have run out of money. Yeah, and uh, and so he had to make the Smurf movie. Yeah. Uh, just I, in order I think, to pay I think for our real feelings about healthcare. this movie are starting to emerge. I loved it. And Thank you, Jonathan did. Winters. I loved anyway, it. Anyway, so um, all, other characters, um, Sofia Vergara was in there, live action Sofia Vergara. I don't know. Of, of Modern Family fame. Oh, I don't, um, I don't know. Uh, other voices did were John play, Oliver as Vanity Smurf. Did she play um, uh, Patrick, what's his name? She played Neil Patrick Harris's boss. Neil Patrick, that's what I thought. I yeah, thought he was, was a struggling great. advertising guy in yeah, a cosmetics company. Yeah, he was worried company. about being fired, and then his wife, uh, and then and they, they were about to have a baby. He's got a pregnant wife, right, yeah, and Smurfs and, helped him find his smile about all that stuff. Yeah, they helped him yeah. uh, look forward to being a father, because Papa Smurf was able to talk to him about it. And right. I think then, this, again, I think touched a nerve for you. Um, Did it? Yeah. It okay. Um, um, more and more. Alan Cumming was Gutsy Smurf. Fred Armisen, Brainy Smurf. George Lopez as Grouchy Smurf. It was really like the cast was was jaw droppingly accomplished. Yeah. What Lawrence Olivier was? Which one? He was not in it. He was <laughs> he was uh, dead long before then. We did have Paul Rubens was Jokey Smurf. We didn't even know that oh, last night. I didn't night. know that either. Yeah. yeah. yeah and Alec had, Guinness was which one? Which one was he, Alec he Guinness? He wasn't in it. But we had Keenan Thompson as Greedy Smurf. I don't. Jeff Kenan Foxworthy Thompson. as Handy Smurf. Uh-huh. B.J. Novak as Baker Smurf. Uh-huh. Um. Wolfgang Buck as Chef Smurf. I didn't know that. And, and somebody, which one was somebody that just Hoffman? annoyed the fuck out of you in this movie, Tim Gunn as Henri. Oh, Jesus. Tim Gunn was unwatchable. Yeah. Uh, Tim Gunn is always unwatchable, but he was double extra uh, slimy unwatchable. Yeah, because you know what it came across as to me? It was, Tim Gunn asked himself one actorly question. If I was to play an obnoxious and unwatchable version of myself. Just inflate my personality. Right, exactly. To be completely exactly unwatchable. What, did, yeah. what would I do? Yeah. And then he went ahead and did that. I'll tell you something. Um, in terms of whether or not people should watch Men in Black, if Tim Gunn is in it, don't do it. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Tim Gunn is not in Men in Black well, International. Yeah. Men we in could Black. be talking about I keep about saying Men in Black, but it's not Men in Black. It's Men in Black International. It's not a reboot, but it's a sequel far enough in the future that there's not a lot of actors from the previous two or three movies. Except for Tim Gunn. Um, who was not in the previous movies, nor is in this yeah. one. He's a, there's a, he has that one line, Men in Black. <laughs> what was that, Paula? Men in Black. Paula, was that a Tim Gunn impression? The best one I could do in the moment. It was kind of in the... Somewhere between Tim Gunn and Bella Lugosi. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Men in Black. <laughs> oh, I hope they don't find me here, those Men in Black. <laughs> he was Bella Lugosi. He was a Man in Black, right? He had the cape. Uh, no, he men wasn't. In Black. <laughs> have, now, have you seen the Men in Black movies? No. So we're really just whistling in the dark here. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. There's all right, a is there anything else you connection wanted, anything else that, that really struck you about this movie? It or? was very much like Lord of the Rings. Oh, that's the other thing. I okay, found. and how is it? How how how? Well, like, the the wizard. There was a, a wizard, an evil wizard, and there was yeah. an evil wizard in Lord of the Rings. Exactly, yes. there's a protagonist and an antagonist. Arguably, every movie, but yes, go on. But yeah, uh huh. That's wh- how it was like. It was like <laughs> Lord of the Rings. There was a wand. We're swimming in there such a, a shallow pool right now. There was a wand at the end that was critical to the whole thing. A wand. Yeah. 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 There's no wand in Lord of the Rings. There's a couple of wizard staffs. There was a ring. There was a ring in this movie. The, the, <laughs> the, the antagonist kept his evil powers in a ring. It's very much like Lord of the Rings. And they were little. 
like like the little hobbits in Lord of the Rings? Exactly. As far they were as you little. Know? They were three apples high. They were, they, you know, I thought they said two. Was it three? I thought it was three. There were some real proportion problems in this yeah, movie. Yeah, there were. They there was, there was, was no was way actually... even the tallest of the Smurfs was as big as three apples. Yeah. Well, they were talking about the little the like little apples. Little the little, what do they call that kind cherry of Cherry apple? apples? The little ones? I don't know. Um, dwarf think... apples? No, nah, something else. Demi apples? Demi. <laughs> Demi apples. Demi apples. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, po- anyway, so what's your, what was your feeling? Yeah, well, well, my feeling was is that, you know, it was a perfectly ordinary children's movie. You know, is really what I thought. Don't touch my jacket. A lot of your blue stuff is coming off of my jacket. I'm not wearing any blue stuff. You know what? You're frightening the gorilla as well. <laughs> well, I think the gorilla's got to be kind of spooked at this point anyway. Yeah, the gorilla yeah. The gorilla would like to watch uh, Men in Black. Now, I, so I, I uh, personally— Before you get to your conclusion, I just yeah. want to say, we're dealing in, in, in a re- movie review here that's going to help people with Men in Black where we're talking about the Men in Black movies, none of which you've seen. No, I haven't seen those. And the Lord of the Rings movie was your name check reference, yeah. which I'm pretty sure you haven't seen those either? No, I haven't seen those. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Uh, just having established that, please, Paula, you're- uh... I'm going to tell you, until Gargamel showed up, okay. the Smurfs knew no sadness. Right. Yeah, that was they part of the story. No, they must have known some sadness. No, it said they knew no sadness. Because there was just Smurfette and they all wanted to date her. They knew longing, but not sadness. Look, I think there's a reason why they're blue. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I think they probably started pink. There was a lot. They did do a lot of, um, what would you call it? Like trite expressions. Uh, at one point, somebody said, you know, should we do blah, blah, blah? And, some, and one of the Smurfs goes, is a Smurf's butt blue? Yeah. And that's, you know, that's when I saw Truffaut. Okay, that's when I, that's when I saw my way to another maker's mark on the rocks. Um, <laughs> but I do want to say that you and I also noticed that they hit almost every movie cliche on their way to getting through this movie. Well, this is why I say I didn't think it was particularly original. Yeah, but I did enjoy it. Okay, so uh, so uh, based on that, then. Um, Men in Black International's coming out. I, I think people should go. I think it's going to be great. Based, okay. Based on the Smurf movie, I think Men in Black International is going to be fantastic. Wow. All right, all right listeners, that's your uh, 12 bucks for the movie theater. Um, I'm going to say, based on my experience of the Smurfs 2011 movie, I have no opinion about Men in Black International. Really? Yeah. Are you not making those connections? I. Yes, no. I am you know not making is? those you connections. You know what this is? This is what? youthful rebellion all over again. I'm not really rebelling. I'm a yeah. rebelling oh, Mom, against this premise. Can I watch the Smurfs on uh, television on Saturday, Mom? Please, please, please. Is any of this bringing up? No, any of this bringing up? <laughs> it's, it's really bringing Mom, up nothing. Mom, but I would tell I... our listeners, um, the Men in Black, the first Men in Black movie was terrific, and I think I think the, the next one or two were just execrable. They were terrible. Um, But the premise is very entertaining, and a lot was put into rebooting this movie. I think given it's the first of the big summer movies and they're launching it at a time when they feel somewhat confident in it, yeah, if you like the first Men in Black. None of those are the basis on which we're making these recommendations. We're making the recommendations based on the Smurf movie. You've written me into a corner, Paul, about (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. Speaking of corners, look at the size of that yeah, well, silverback gorilla over there. It's because he's perched in yeah, the ceiling-y thing there. Don't look directly at him because yeah. they do not like males. Do you know that? They About they're looking that. directly yeah. at them? Yes. you're not. A male should not look directly at a At a, at a male silverback gorilla? At a, any gorilla doesn't right, I'm like, looking at it the side of my eyes. Is, yeah. is this a good way to look at him? You are he not fooling that gorilla. Yeah, he's raising his arms above yeah. his head. Uh, he's scarier than anything in the Smurf movie. Okay, if I have this to do This guy is about... I'd say a hundred apples high. <laughs> I, I think you're overestimating. I, I would put it at. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stipulate. I'm not gonna over, go over there and stack apples because <laughs> I think that might be taken as aggressive action. They love that. Really? Well, maybe I'll try it right after the show. But based on my viewing of the Smurfs, if I yeah. have to do it on that criteria, yes, I would say go see the new Men in Black movie just to purge your mind of that Smurf movie. Something has to get in there that's not the Smurf movie. Are you gonna? Is the Smurf movie gonna stay in your head for a long time? Well, you know what did stay in my head for a long time what? for for forty years, and this is absolutely true because I had to sit there and watch the cartoon with my sister. That Smurf theme, which they then, uh, which is not original either, it's no more original than Smurf concept, which is la 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 la. Yeah, that's la, Woody Guthrie. La, 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 that's la, la, Woody Guthrie. La 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 la. 
That's a Woody Guthrie song. Pretty sure it's not, but um, that was. I, I was Bach. not happy to have That's that Bach. back in my head. Oh, you weren't you weren't happy to have that no, back n- in your n- head? No, not so much. <laughs> la 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 la. Okay, so there you have it. Our review of um, of the Smurfs that lets you know that Men in Black. International, I guess, according to both Paula and I, is something that you should see. That's, uh, that, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank us later, nobodies. The Cat of the Week is Marshmallow from Terre Haute, Indiana. Paula, we may be taking a week off, but where will you be performing? I'll be in Agunquit, Maine, July 18th at Jonathan's Agunquit. Hello, listeners of Maximum Fun. I want to tell you about our newest podcast that tells you all about the truth of the flat earth. Have you been looking out over the horizon and you've been thinking, wait a minute, this doesn't look round. I've been lied to my whole life. What is NASA doing with $52 million million a day? day? Uh, uh, come on. We explode the myths. Just kidding. We're Ono, Ross, and Carrie, and we investigate extraordinary claims. That's right. We investigate extraordinary claims firsthand. We go undercover in fringe groups. We get alternative medicine treatments. And we hang out with people who have unusual beliefs, like flat earthers, 9-11 truthers. We do ghost investigations. We've joined Scientology. And we got baptized in the Mormon church. If it goes bump in the night... And so do we. <laughs> hmm. Why don't you check out Ono, Ross, and Carrie at MaximumFun.org? Kardashians. Michael Cohen. Hashtags. Clickbait. Memes. Oh. <laughs> Debunking. Rebunking. <laughs> Regular sized bunking. Bodie McBoatface. Do any of these words make sense to you? Then maybe Trends Like These is the podcast you should be listening to. We put an episode every week on MaximumFun.org. Hosted by me, Travis McElroy. And me, Courtney Enlow. And me, Brent Black. Trends Like These on MaximumFun.org. Because with Trends Like These, who needs any memes? Ah? Ah? (laughs) Yeah, that was great. Before we go, I want to take a moment, just carve out another moment to thank our mighty new sponsor, Arm & Hammer, new cloud control cat litter. Very important. You know, Adam, I have 13 cats. Of course you knew that. Yeah, I did. Um, which means I carry in my back pocket a card that says three things. What? I'm an organ donor. It says my blood type. And it says I use Arm & Hammer cloud controlled litter. Wow. Yeah. Now- just in case something pieces. terrible should happen to exactly. you. Then, yeah. like, if you were to, God forbid, pass away in the middle of your living room and what's left of your carcass is whatever the cats have left behind. Yeah. That card would let whoever came in and inherited the cats know. Right. They would know that you can give away my organs. Uh-huh. Uh, they know my, my blood type. Right. And very important, perhaps paramount importance. More important than any of those. Uh, is uh, I use Arm & Hammer Cloud Control Litter. You know, Paula, um, this show is our vacation show, so it seems appropriate that instead of you, Paula Poundstone, writing the simple sample dialogue that listeners can entice their friends to listen, we are instead going to use simple sample dialogue written by a listener. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's true. Beth Cawthon will receive a fresh bar of hotel soap for supplying this fine sample dialogue. And before you go ahead and do that, I want to say it's kind of remarkable that a listener decided to send in simple sample dialogue. As I do every week, I didn't read ahead to read what she's doing, but... I know your tendency with simple sample dialogue is you write things that would only be helpful to a very, very limited number of people, if any. We, you know, every listener counts, Adam. We want to reach out to everyone. Well, let's see. What I, don't, Beth... I don't care so much about the big donors. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. I like the grassroots. Okay, so Beth Cawthon, uh, you want to set the scene on what her simple sample dialogue the is? The scene is the room at the office reserved for nursing mothers. Okay. Listener's friend. Wow, did you just pump 15 ounces of milk? Oh, dear God. Listener, yes, I'm producing a lot of milk the last couple of weeks. Listener's friend, what's been going on? Baby having a growth spurt? Listener, yes, she's grown an inch this week, but I think I'm making more milk because I'm so 
relaxed. Oh, Beth. <laughs> Listener's friend, so relaxed at work? Listener, yes, I've started listening to the podcast Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone while pumping. It's a bit embarrassing, but the show is so funny, I can't help but burst out in laughter at times. I theorized that the laughter has me in a more relaxed state and helps me produce more milk for the baby. You should listen to it, too. Wow. This is fantastic, Beth. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know what? I'm going to say something. With, with the exception of some of the raw data in this simple sample dialogue, I would say Beth has actually written something much more likely to be a thing than most of yours. Having never pumped milk before. Yeah. I, you know, I'm going to say the amounts are off. I, no, well, 15 ounces. Yeah. Is that a lot then? In one session? Yeah, that'd be... Yeah. Uh, oh, well, this is the whole point. So hers also is very specific. I would hate to... I, would, I just don't think any nursing mother out there wants their breasts to inflate to a size in which it would be conceivable that they could pump 15 ounces of milk at a go okay, out of them. but if their breasts did inflate to that size... Well, that's not a great advertisement be, for our podcast. They then. would be so grateful to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone for giving them the relaxation that it takes to pump that milk out of there. I don't think that we want our message to be as a marketing thing Listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone and you will have cripplingly large breasts. I don't know. Because that's what they it. would be, Paula Poundstone. No, that's what they not, would be. No, she, she doesn't get large breasts because she's able to pump the milk as oh, a so, result. So you're saying that this woman already had was just uh, very, very well endowed. Yeah, no, I bumped into her in an elevator one time. She was huge. Okay, she and, was, and, she, and she she's got a baby huge. that's growing at the rate of an inch a week. Yeah, no, the baby was in the elevator, and within that's a few than minutes, you know how there's the um, capacity, the load capacity, load capacity in the elevator? Uh -huh. The kid had to get out on the third floor. I would imagine at least one of her breasts <laughs> did, too. Uh, but I have to say, Beth Cawthon, you have earned your 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 soap, for Thank sure. Thank you, Beth. That was fantastic. And I can only add this. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam DeFelber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hall. Technical direction by the great Ray Horseman. And mixing by the also great Anthony Alfaro, who is bringing, I think, a few too many animals these days. Our head of security is Jonah Knuckles Glickman. Jonah, that gorilla... <laughs> Is your responsibility. <laughs> Transcription <laughs> services for the show provided by Transcribe Me for your special Paula Poundstone <laughs> discount. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com. <laughs> That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? I really never cared about the Smurfs. Love the Smurfs. How dare you? Mom, please, Mom, please, Mom, please. I'll, just, I'll, I'll do the dishes. I'll clean my room, Mom, please. Just let me watch the Smurfs. I'm gonna watch the Smurfs. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.